How's it going, everybody? My name is Travis Lima, your host on the How's It podcast. In today's episode, I'm interviewing my personal friend, Dwayne Marillac. Dwayne is a fantastic guy with lots of wisdom. He's super friendly and extremely approachable. I've had a few conversations with Dwayne over the years, and I have to say that I always have something to take away from the conversation that I can apply in my own life. Dwayne is a software engineer for a large distributed company, and he has got a wealth of knowledge when it comes to personal development and life experiences. I really hope you'll enjoy this episode as much as I did. And with that, let's start the show. How's it going, everybody? This is Travis Lima. I'm your host on the How's It podcast. And today I have a special guest with me, Dwayne Morelic. Dwayne, I really hope that I said your your second name correctly. I realize that I've never... (laughs) I've never had to actually say your name out loud. I've only ever read it on Twitter and that. Um, But before we dive over to Dwayne, I just wanted to give him a quick shout out and introduction. Dwayne is a good friend of mine. We met back in 2015. And like all good friendships, myself and Dwayne uh, started our meeting in a public restroom in a conference center. Dwayne, I don't know if you remember that, but but don't worry, folks, this is a, this is a PG kind of show. Uh, and I think we met like, as we were washing, washing up afterwards, but yeah, that was, that was great fun back in 2015. Dwayne, how are you doing uh, today? And maybe you can just tell the folks a little bit about you and where you're coming, coming in from in South Africa at the moment. Yes, I'm. I'm doing well. I'm, I'm. I'm happy to be here on the on the on the on your show. Thanks for inviting me. Um, and uh, I'm joining you from Sierras in South Africa. Um, it's small town outside of Cape Town, about say two hours drive, one and a half hours drive. Um, yeah, I'm a software engineer by profession. Um, I'm a family man. I've got three kids. Um, my, me and my wife um, look after them and uh, love them. And uh, yeah, I work for Automatic. Um, and uh, yeah, what, what else can I say? Um, I've been doing software, um, like web, web engineering for about 10 years now, uh, coming up mm-hmm. on 10 years. Um, and uh, it's been an exciting journey. Um, you know, yeah, there's so many things that like, you know, you can't think of in the moment. But yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. about who I am. And um yeah, if you have any other questions, service and all the sudden, yeah. um, it's, yes. spelled, uh, it's pronounced Marilek. Um, Marilek. <laughs> yeah, I actually grew up Afrikaans, so I actually, when I met my wife, I started speaking English a lot more. Um, so yeah, so Afrikaans, Maralak. Yeah, Mara, Maralak. Okay, that's yeah. awesome. But um, Dwayne, correct me if I'm wrong, but um, like I want to touch on Cirrus a little bit. Uh, but before I do that, you grew up in Port Elizabeth, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I grew up actually. I grew up in Paul, um, and then I, I I moved to Port Elizabeth when I got married, which was in 2011. So I was there for six years, and then in 2016 we moved out to Cirrus um, after because my wife got another job here and. And since I was working remotely, it was a it was really easy for me to just get up and going. We also didn't have any kids back in 2016, so but the move was also much easier. Um, yeah, so the Port Elizabeth was like part of a, a, a section in the uh, 
Okay. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So you've actually moved around uh, quite a bit, but now, um, and, and it sounds like you had a, a you know, quite a, a busy last couple of years, but um, Dwayne, Cirrus. So when I think about Cirrus, I just see those little juice boxes, you know, with all of the kind of the different juices. So I'm imagining this festive, wonderful, bountiful land of milk and honey and mountains <laughs> and all the rest. What is it actually like there in Cirrus? Is it is it as I'm picturing those juice boxes or? Yeah, it's peaceful. It's a it's a it's quite a quiet um, place and small. So uh, people normally know of each other here. It's like everyone knows everyone kind of town. Um, and um, it is um, it is not as uh, as depicted on the Sears boxes, uh, fruit juices. But um, you, the the town it's it's a farm village. So there's a lot of um, farming and then industry. So um, closely related mm-hmm. to that. So processing of fruit juices or processing of uh, uh, any kind of, um, you know, produce that comes in. So there's cool, uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, you know, storage, cool, cool fridge storage or, um, uh, yeah. and then there's some, some other things. So a lot of people work in like sort of a farming related um, or secondary um, kind of setup. So if either someone's working on a farm or for a farm, or they'll be working for a factory that relates that that handles like uh, the produce, and so it's it's very interesting in that way. And and when you think about farming, you you have like before I came here, I, I had no idea that farming was like like a business. Like uh, they've had CEOs and they've got financial directors and you know professional people. They even have like data people, programmers, and so on. So it's a very interesting you, way you, to think about farming, uh, living in a, in a farming town. You're right, because as I'm thinking about farming myself, and I'm a bit ignorant to that subject, but I'm almost imagining like one guy with like a small family and he's the kind of guy heading up the farm um just sort of like that um old mcdonald kind of uh, picture that you have from watching cartoons as a kid but it sounds like it's not like that um and so Dwayne, i I wanted to ask, so you said that you have moved around quite a bit and that you are a remote worker for Automatic. Can you tell me a little bit about your experience working for a company that I feel is the granddaddy of remote work? They, you know, Matt Mullenweg is sort of the the kind of pioneer in my mind who's steering the ship of like a work from home, remote work, distributed team initiative. Now the world is sort of having to jump on that bandwagon, but he sort of, in my mind, I'm not sure if there was someone who came before him, but in in my mind, he was the guy who kind of like had the vision for it way back when. What is it like to work for Automatic um, and to be a remote worker in that kind of environment? Mm. Yeah, I th- so before we joined Automatic, I was obviously part of Full Themes, and I we we started out. Um, I started out working remotely for them, and I, um, yeah, I think back about that. It was it was really uh, something new, and like actually, I didn't know anyone was doing it at the time, working remotely, and so it was about 2013, so seven years ago. Um, and then it was a, such a natural uh, fit to move over into automatic and just continue, you know, working from wherever you are. Um, and I think the, the having not uh, 
having not had much experience in a traditional office setup. So I, I started, I graduated and then immediately went to work for my uncle and then went to go work for a, um, and started my own business. So I was kind of working for home from home throughout my life. And so I'm not really familiar with like a corporate setup, going to an office, having like a serious layers on top of your manager and, you know, directors and so on. So for me, the, the experience is much different. I think I don't have that. I never had that switch from strictly uh, corporate and then going back into the remote setup. So for me, it's quite, it's, it's a natural feeling. It, it feels like it's, it's a way it, it it should always have been, but I realize that mm. a lot of people don't have the, the you know, it's a luxury and a privilege to, to, to be trusted uh, working from home, be trusted to, to handle your own schedule and uh, to, you know, to, to have the discipline to start work at a certain time, to have the discipline to show up, to produce uh, work and, and to finish projects and so on. So, yeah, it's a, I mean, being, being with automatic um, from that, uh, with that background, it, it it feels like just a continuation of things. Um, but I can I can definitely see, like especially within the WordPress space, um, there's a we we've definitely been, been driving that, and in and, and um, automatic the company has been like definitely some an encourage an encouragement for a lot of people who were afraid to do it. And so I think it's good to see that uh, people going when they start out in the WordPress space, they kind of start out remote because that's the example that's being set. Um, mm. And so the, yeah, that's, I think that's the, 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 the great thing about working for automatic. It's kind of like people look to us for sort of an example um, of how to do it. Um, I think during this period of um, lockdown and, and people uh, COVID-19 situation, a lot of people look to us and kind of invited us in. And a lot of our employees have been like, host on podcasts and kind of blog the experience of working remote just so people can get an understanding of what's happening. Um, but interesting thing that I thought about now when you asked the question was, um, I don't know if you know the, the software oh, Wolfram Alpha. No, it's the first time I hear of that. Uh, so they, they actually, we had a, a, a keynote, the, the CEO was a, like a keynote speaker at one of our events. And interesting, he's been working remotely for 23 years. So wow. Wolfram Alpha is like a, it's like a search engine, but um, like a computational search engine. So if you're looking for like a mathematical formula or measurements, um, I'll share, I'll share the link with you. Um, but anyway, so this, it was interesting to note that he, um, he was the first, he, he said he's been working remotely and running his company remotely for 23 years. So I was quite surprised My. by it. Yeah. His name is yeah, Stephen. Stephen. Okay, great. Thanks. Wolf, WolframAlpha.com. I'll go ahead and check that out after the show. But that's pretty amazing. 23 years seems like a lifetime for remote work. You know, um, I mean, even back in 2016, where I sort of uh, started with Paid Memberships Pro, um, no one was doing remote work that I could really think of, except with some people from Automatic that I met within the WordPress community. Um, talking about remote work and being distributed, etc., you had an interesting experience that I want to ask you a little bit about, but you did inform me that it was, it feels like a bit of a lifetime ago. Um, so from what I understand, and I'm going to let you take over and, you know, give me your experience, but it sounded like you and your wife before you had kids 
had this opportunity to go and work on a cruise ship. And I believe your wife, um, who's in the medical profession, she was going to do some of the medical services on the boat. And then you sort of tagged along, but you were able to work remotely from this cruise ship. Can you tell me a little bit about that? What was that like? Yeah, that was, that was fun. Um, I think back about it, uh, the freedom, like you said, before we had kids. So there was no, you know, we, we could do anything we wanted to do and, and we had freedom to move about. And so I think we, we would be doing one of these. Um, I don't know if you, rem- if you know that every, I think every summer there's the, the MSC Symphonia and the MSC, these cruise ships come around the coast of Africa. And so they do like these trips from Cape Town to Joburg, I mean, Cape Town to Durban and then Durban to the Portuguese islands. And so we went one, on one of those cruise ships and some, something happened and we saw some of uh, something in the medical center and it piqued our interest. And so she went over there and she wanted to speak to the person in charge and we didn't get much information, but it kind of started that, in that interest and 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 then we realized but it's a possibility and so we we dug into it a bit and we saw that we could actually go and it would be overseas and um and we and we gave it a quick thought because we didn't have anything holding us back at the time um Mm. i was working remotely i actually didn't know what to expect i didn't know if it was going to be a stable internet or if you you know what what will the situation be anyway so she went um, there for two months, uh, you know, to check out the scene, to do some of her probation work and so on. And then when she was there, she kind of realized the internet is okay. It's not great, but it's okay. And then we went. Um, so we joined the company called uh, Princess Cruise Cruises from, um, I think they're based in the U.S. or mostly based in the U.S. Um, they do have um, ships sailing from other parts of the world. And uh, yeah, we went there, and uh, it was quite a, quite an experience because now I had to adapt to um, the ship life. So there's uh, mm-hmm. seven days a week they work, basically from the moment you get on the ship you work until you get off. So there's no weekends, there's no days off, and so I had to kind of adapt my work day according to her uh, her work hours as well. And also the interesting thing with the internet being satellite based, um, so I had to buy these um, internet scratch cards, um, and I would get like a couple of um, couple of meg i don't know it was like a gig or two gigs something like that i would get like two gigs initially it was in minutes so i would get like by minutes it was quite expensive um yeah uh, i think it was like uh for two days work or something like that was like 500 rand or something it was like so we were like okay we're gonna we're, we're gonna either enjoy this time and pay for internet or you know we go back home so we decided you know what there's a special time we're just gonna pay for the internet rather and um enjoy our time there and so paid for the internet and and it, it was stable i mean what i would do then is i would go on do anything that i needed to do online and go offline again and then do yeah. whatever i could do <laughs> offline <laughs> you know kind of trying to stretch the uh, the minutes da- uh, data management yeah. at its finest and yeah, yeah. so so it sounds like your wife would have probably been working quite a lot then um did you find it to be quite lonely in a sense or were you able to i'm picturing you sitting on the deck with a cocktail over the weekends and in you know <laughs> kind of in soaking up the sun was it like that or uh, how how was the actual experience of being on a ship um, we had, you know, we, we had a lot of fun with uh, with being there, and so um, so the, the the program would be eight o'clock in the morning. I would start work, 
um, she would go to work, which was, we lived opposite the medical center. So she would just go over, like we had the highway called the M1, where everyone, like anywhere you wanted to go on the ship, you first come down to the M1 and then just like a, a, a side of, like a, a walkway that covers the whole, um, you know, length of the ship. And um, so we would, she would go to work. I would start at eight o'clock and I would sit in the cabin. So we had like a cabin with like a desk area and lamp and so on. So it was quite, quite comfortable and I had a chair there and so on. So we would sit there, I would sit there and until lunch and then um, we'd have our lunch and then work till about four. Um, but then after four, there would be activities. So you could go watch a show. Um, you could go watch a movie outside. You could go up to the deck. You could get some ice cream. You could go out for drinks, you know, go out something nice for dinner. So it was like uh, during the day we worked and at night we would kind of enjoy some of the things on the ship. Um, so it wasn't like I would sit in, uh, you know, like sit with a cocktail outside in the sun. It wasn't as uh, as these photos look, you know. I, I tried to take right. some nice photos of me pretending to, you know, be outside and work. But mostly I was in the cabin working um, and then enjoy after hours like you would do, you know, at home, um, mm -hmm. go out somewhere and so on. So, yeah, it wasn't as glamorous, but it was a nice experience, you know. Mm. And how long was like each kind of cruise I, I imagine that they were like shorter sort of cruises but like quite a few of them mm -hmm. is that is that right yeah that's right so so it depends on the type of cruise some some cruises were three days others were like 10 days um uh we we what 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 they would do is they would have a, a rotation so say for example they do um san francisco to hawaii so that would be a 10-day cruise five days to hawaii and five days back you know, mm. so um, it, they would have different rotations and, and sometimes we would go. So that would be a, a, a sort of like a schedule that we have. And then we, from there, we would move on, depending on the season, maybe to, to Europe and do, um, you know, the, the Greek islands and um, some other uh, European ports. Um, and that would maybe say, maybe be a four day cruise. Um, mm. So it depends on the, the itinerary. Fantastic. And so, okay, so you, you had America, it sounded like, in there, plus Europe. Were you both able to actually visit the different ports and the different countries when they did stop? Or how did that work? Or were you sort of bound to the boat? And the reason why I ask is um, our South African passport can sometimes be a bit of a challenge in terms of visa requirements and stuff like that. So, so what did that kind of look like? Yeah, that it took a lot of planning. Um, uh, so I had to I had to make sure that I knew we knew the itineraries, and then we had to set it up in so that I knew I had visas for all the places where we'd go. So visas for Europe, you visas for UK, um, and uh, so that was quite challenging and that like stressful trying to you know pre-plan. Um, but the nice thing was when I had the visas in place, um, I could go off into the port. So what I would do is normally I would plan my week around. Um, port days so say for example we've got two port days coming up then i would set those as my weekends so even if it's on a monday and a tuesday i would work this mm. the saturday sunday and monday tuesday would be the weekend and i would be off and i would go off on the on, on the port and so that was quite enjoyable um i actually remember once where we made a mistake with the planning and we had um we assume the St. John, that one of the things was St. John. So we thought the ship was going down to the St. John's in the Caribbean, but it was actually going up to St. John's in Canada. So I didn't have a Canadian passport. And that was a time when um, 
we were we was uh, dock stationed in New York, so we would leave New York um, at the start of, start of the cruise and then go upwards to Canada because I didn't have a Canadian passport and I I couldn't get one. I had to literally get off the boat because they don't allow you to stay on if you don't have a passport to get into that port. So I had to, on one day's notice, I got off in New York and my wife left <laughs> the boat. And uh, like, I didn't have accommodation, nothing. I had nothing. I just had to like find my way around uh, New York that day, find accommodation, um, figure out how the trains work, how, like it was, it was quite, quite hectic, but such a good experience, <laughs> like, you know, being alone in, in the big city. Um, and mm. then my wife, the, the, the cruise ship made a return every seven days. So I saw her every Saturday, I think, for that month. Um, oh, wow. And then the, yeah, so I was there for a month. That was fun. So I worked in New York. Um, I lived there. But it wasn't as – it was stressful because, you know, you have to figure out where you're going to stay and how are you going to plan things and what's happening next. So I got to see some nice things and I met up with some friends there and uh, – so that was quite, quite. That was quite an experience. I, I would do it again, but just yeah. <laughs> so you were a New Yorker for a full month, whether you wanted to or not. You had to. I can yeah. just imagine that it must have been a bit stressful. And New York is a fantastic city that it's just hustle and bustle. But I suppose that you can. There's a lot of opportunity for, say, accommodation and stuff. So it, I can imagine maybe being sort of stuck in worse places. Mm-hmm. But I mean, mm-hmm. New York, it's also a bit overwhelming if it was anything like my last visit. It's like, you know, coming from a, a small town as I do here in South Africa, it was like a huge eye opener. Yeah. Um, no, that's yeah, yeah. I remember one night it was like one one a.m. Yeah, one a.m. I was on my way back, meeting up with friends, and then um, I was on my way back to my accommodation, and it was so the trains were so full. It it seemed like an afternoon, like seven p.m. Like people were heading home, but it was one a.m. and the trains were still full. So that blew my mind. It's a completely different life, and it really is the city that that never sleeps. Um, I remember also when we traveled over there in September of last year, about a year ago now, we uh, had a bit of jet lag because of the time zone difference. And at 4 a.m. we were up and that city was moving and there were people out on the streets and there was taxis going. And so it was a really, a really awesome experience. I'd love to go back and just spend a little bit more time and just, you know, try and, do as the locals do. It was fantastic. Yeah. Um, um, Dwayne, I wonder if I could shift gears a little bit. Um, But before I do that, you know, you mentioned something about that when you did go overseas or when you were going to ports, you could actually plan your, your days to have a weekend, say Monday to Tuesday, you know, or, or Wednesday to Thursday, whatever the case may be. And I think that is the one major sort of pro about having a remote position is that you can craft your schedule to what best suits you. And most of the time it's not, 
I would say pretty much all of the time, actually, it's not a case of us sitting on the beach with our laptop because actually that's like extremely impractical, like, and you can't get any good work done, right? But there have been those times where someone is coming to visit you from out of town and you want to show them around and you, then you just schedule those kind of days to do that and work, work your way around it. So, so that's a big one. Um, I wanted to ask you a little bit and, uh, this is coming from our previous offline chat where I asked you, cause you're a man of faith and I asked you a little bit about like, Hey, what church are you going to like? What sort of ha- how things going now with this pandemic? And, you know, are you visiting a church or are you doing zoom calls? And you brought to my attention a very interesting concept, which I hadn't thought of before called family church. And you told me a little bit about it that you, you know, you hop on a call with, I believe it was your brother who's overseas. And then you have a, a, a thing called family church. Can you tell me a little bit about that and what that is exactly and how it's working for you? Yeah, sure. So um, I'm in the lock, the lock, lockdown, as we have called it in South Africa. Have, uh, we've, we've found that obviously church is closed and uh, being like, uh, be, it's been part of our, you know, of, of our weekly routine. Like we go to church and, and we practice uh, faith in that way. And so um, when the lockdown happened, you know, we were kind of lost a little bit, like where do you go, what do you do and so on. And then um, my, it was actually my wife's um, sister and husband, um, they started out doing because they were both. Um, one was she was in travel business and he was in construction, so both of those industries were basically closed and shut down. So they had a lot of time on their hands and they started like doing their family Bible studies and so on. And um, they kind of if it kind of evolved into them having like a, when it's a Sunday morning they would do some they would do like a like a small like a service they would pray and 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 sing and then they would like someone would share something out of the Bible. Um, and they and it evolved to that where they asked us if we wanted to join them, you know, to make it bigger, and then we could share the responsibility. Like everyone could get an opportunity to share something that's on their heart, and and so it became uh, it became like a weekly, uh, like an institution now where we every Saturday morning at eight eight um, at nine p.m. nine a.m. we would jump on the call and we would all be there and we would pray together. And you know, it's it's very informal, but it's it's also um, a nice way to keep um, to keep the mo- uh, the momentum going, and also like to all stay encouraged, you know, to to keep practicing the faith and and you know to not, yeah, to not grow weary. Um, I think like when you mm. when you isolate yourself from other people, especially in a situation like that where you need to be focused, um, it's it's hard to to keep going by yourself. But when you see other people doing the same things, you know, you kind of feel encouraged by that. And so, yeah, so every Sunday morning we have that um, session. It's, it's like I said, it's very short and it's informal, um, you know, but, but it, mm. it, it, it helps us a lot. So yeah, that's, that's a family church. Uh, we call it family church, but yeah, I don't know if we will continue with it, you know, when things start opening up again, um, cause then you've got responsibility in your local area um, and, Probably being there is also important, you know, with uh, believers here in the area. So yeah, that's that's a family church setup. I don't know if you have any questions, other questions, but that's basically what we do. It's very, it's not, it's not very structured. It's not like a like a church service where you like, you know, like you have all these things that's pre-planned. Um, there's a little bit more flexibility. 
Yeah, it's it sounds a lot like a kind of a Bible study where you can just get together, maybe ask a question or share something that you've been thinking about. Yep, but, yep. but I totally agree with you in the sense of, um, you know, when lockdown started happening, I heard a couple of people and even maybe for myself, it could in one way feel a little bit like a bit of a holiday. Yep. Or a vacation in, in the sense of like, ooh, this is kind of cool. You know, we, we just have to stay at home. We can buckle down. We don't have to go to those social events that we really feel obliged to, um, et cetera, et cetera. But as the weeks folded in and out, and I was always surprised to see how quickly time was going, mm-hmm. even when you were like stuck at home doing nothing, it still felt like the weeks would just roll in and out. But yeah. then that social isolation started kicking in and I know for myself and my family particularly um, there's some introverts in my family that really started feeling it and um, I even read online that you know uh, intro like introvert people um, it's one thing to have the choice of you know sort of like retreating into yourself after a, a busy day, whatever, but it's a completely another ball game to be forced into isolation. And mm. the people who thought that they would actually like this experience the most are the ones that actually really struggled through it. Um, mm. And just, you know, I don't know if you've got anything to add to that, but for us, it was, we really saw the need of actually being with people and just, you know, sharing ideas or sharing your experiences because it felt like, you know, prison mm. in a lot of ways eventually. Yeah, I think, I think the, like, I'm sort of an introvert myself. Um, I think I enjoy, I enjoy, I enjoy being with people, but I need to get it back, get alone and then, you know, recharge and you know, spend some time alone. Um, and so I think that the idea of an introvert enjoying the, that, that space is like that, 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 um, that area where your energy is kind of drained is lost. Um, so being with people where you feel like they're taking energy from you and now you need to be alone to recoup that energy. Now you don't have that, you know, that energy exchange. And actually it's it's also important. And uh, another thing I thought about being an introvert is you, you're not used to reaching out to people. Um, you know, you're not used to calling someone. And now you kind of dependent on the flow of life to meet up with people, you know, on rare occasions or on regular occasions. And then um, that would be fine. But now we being in lockdown, being isolated, we don't have those um, those instances where we, you know, randomly meet people and, and chat to them and so on. And so now you totally don't know it. You don't know where to start. You don't know, should you call someone? How do you reach out? And, and all those things, you know, make it, yeah, it makes it more challenging for, for introverts and people who are not used to initiating things and initiating conversations um, and being like mm-hmm. the life of the party. There's no, yeah. So I, I totally get what you're saying with that, where um, you, need, you need to be around other people. Um, I totally get that. Mm. I mean, I'm just thinking about our recent call a couple of weeks ago. And, you know, uh, working in, in a remote space, you often have these kind of interactions that we're having now where we're not sitting in the same room. But I remember when we were going through a stressful time and I just needed someone to chat to who can relate to me. And I think that's, 
that's the important thing. If whether it's a you know from a faith perspective or a work perspective, you need to make those connections with people. Mm-hmm. And when we were going through a stressful couple of weeks with work and you know trying to make sure everyone is happy at home and the world is falling apart, etc., it helped me so much just to get on a call with you and you could relate to the working from home environment and having your kids at home and having a wife at home, perhaps. And that just yeah. like brought so much, you know, strength to me. So uh, thanks for that uh, sure. the other day, by the way. No, it's um, a pleasure. Thank you for nice to chat to you. Yeah, um, Dwayne, I just also wanted to ask you a little bit. So I follow along on your blog, and every now and again, I get a tidbit of information from you. Uh, sometimes it's something that you share that's really interesting. Sometimes it's something that you yourself have written. Can you tell us a little bit about your blogging experience, and do you think it's important? to have a blog at all or is it just kind of like a nice to have or can you give me a little bit of information since you are working for automatic who is the people behind wordpress.com the one of the well the biggest blogging and uh you know cms platforms that the world has to offer can you tell me a little bit about that yeah i think the uh, the idea of having a blog is i mean is always yeah, I've always had a blog. I think since I started, I thought about the idea of having a blog and um, I liked the idea of having a blog, but I, I think about, it was a, a few years ago where I, I had the blog, I had the domain, I had the site up, but I never did anything with it. Um, I never used it in any way. And I, I think it was partly motiv- reason was, or, or partly because I lacked motivation. I had no reason to blog. Um, and I think since I, since I discovered why I should blog, I really, mm-hmm. it really motivated me to do it more regularly. Um, and the main, I actually wrote a blog post about why I blog. And that was kind of um, the the idea that I wanted to share. Um, I'll share the link here if you, um, the idea of why I blog and why I do that. And it's kind of been, been coming on for a while, a while now, um, where I just wanted to put it into words, you know, the reason behind my blogging, what I'd like to blog about and so on. And, and it came down, to, it came down to one thing for me, and that is my ability to use words, um, you know, to make an impact or, or to, to further a goal. Um, and I think like having like something like Twitter um, or some short form of, of media or, or jumping on a call and so on, it's, it's nice, you know, you get to see, but when you write, you really have to think about what you say. You really have to like go over the words. Does it make sense? Do all the words make sense within the context of what I'd like to say in total? Um, and that's a challenging exercise. Um, and so mm. that, that's why I, I, I keep pursuing blogging um, simply because I want to learn how to be, you know, to be very accurate in what I say, what I put out and how it's being perceived and then also what impact I'd like to make with it. And so that's why I'm pursuing blogging um, as a way to get better at writing because a lot of work, um, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of uh, other things have to re- relate to how you write. And I think also the fix how you speak as well um, and how you communicate. So my reason mm-hmm. for blogging is to improve my my own communication. And so um, I, I've i been using my blog a lot more um, in the past, say, two, two three years. And um, I think the 
the thing that I'm learning and that I'm seeing is like I'm also starting to build up a small community of other people that read my blogs and people whose blogs I read. Um, and so it's, 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 it's sort of like you encourage one another by seeing the blog, commenting on it, anything that stood out for you, um, you know, even if it's not, mm. you know, even if it's small, um, to mm. notice it, to say something about the blog, um, it, it helps and it encourages um, we can we encourage mm. each other like that, and so that's why I use my blog. Um, I think the second the second motiv- motivation for me is um, to to show what I know um, or to share what I know, and that also is like career, growing your career basically, growing your network. So when people see what you blog about, um, you blog about software engineering, for example, and people can see they understand what you write, it makes sense, and they can see how well you demonstrate what you know. Um, those kind of things can open other doors for you, um, mm. you know, and so that's kind of the second motivation for, uh, for blogging. So yeah, that's, mm. that's the, um, I'm, I don't know if I'm rambling, but that's kind of my, my, my motivation for blogging. And that's why I enjoy it as well. I mean, I don't get to it all the time and I try to, I try to schedule some, some time in the day. So what I normally do is I, when I wake up a little bit earlier, I kind of have like a 30-minute slot every day just for blogging. And even if I work on a sentence that day, if I work on a paragraph that day, um, it's good enough. And so I work mm-hmm. on a blog post. So I've got one that I'm currently working on for the past, say, three, four weeks. Um, that's like coming on. I can see like, okay, it's, it's, I just need to polish it a little bit and then I'll publish it after when I feel it's ready. So I've kind of been mm. doing like one one blog post a month kind of thing where I feel like, okay, I've, I've, I've said what I, what, what I, I think is, uh, or I said in all that I could say and um, I polished it down nicely. So now releasing that. Mm. Yeah. So that's kind of my blogging and the process, you know. You actually covered so much in that. <laughs> so, like a couple of thoughts that I that came up to to me when I, you know, I was listening to you is um, the first thing is that blogging is not necessarily always about you know what others can gain from from your blog, but it's also very sort of a self development tool. And um, you know, when I was in school, I often. Or even like once I left school, I'd I'd often think back and go like, you know, that kind of class where I did this and that, that, you know, is not really helping me now in the greater scheme of things in my career, etc. But as my career developed, I started realizing more and more the importance of writing and also reading because man, do we use that a lot, especially in our kind of line of work. And mm-hmm. I think there's a art or, yeah, call it what you will, actually. Maybe I'm getting a little bit too philosophical. Yeah, like, but there, like is, the there is an art of actually coming or writing in such a way that people can comprehend what you are saying and possibly to motivate, inspire, you know, um, through text or through words that you have written. And I'm not even talking about like making a blog. I'm talking about communicating with via email or whatever the case. And I feel that I really wish that I paid a little bit more attention in school because, you know, now you have to try and like develop that more and more. And Mm -hmm. um, so that's something that's very important. If you are watching this, 
totally take take your time to write more and read more and just develop your vocabulary. It's going to help mm-hmm. you later on because I don't think things are going to change uh, anytime soon with the written media. Um, another mm-hmm. thing is um, that I really liked what you said is, you know, how sharing your knowledge in some ways you can think it's a bit redundant because it's knowledge that you have in your mind and you feel almost like I don't want to share this because it's so obvious or it's so like everyone knows about this particular software engineer subject. But from what I've learned with my blogging experience, you'll always have people who know a lot more than you do, but you will also have those who know less than you do about that particular subject. And Mm -hmm. something that might seem super redundant or obvious or, uh, you know, kind of petty to write about can actually help someone else. Um, and I I mean, even you sharing some of your blogs, I remember there was this one that you shared, uh, maybe a couple of months or years ago, even about, um, a Mexican fisherman, I believe it was. And it was just like a reblog of a story that really helped me so much. And, um, for those of you listening, it was just quite simply about how, you know, the simple fisherman had the, the dream life and how a businessman, kind of came to him and, you know, try to encourage him to start this empire from his fishing career all because of, I'll actually bring it up on the screen now and all because he wanted to have this idyllic sort of life, which if you thought about it, the the fisherman already had. So uh, anyway, that's the point is that it really was helpful. Um, And I think it's quite a lot similar to, you get the same similar benefits as journaling. I might be wrong, but uh, you also have some journaling practices that you that you currently do. Can you tell me a little bit about that, Dwayne? Yeah, I think I think blogging and journaling. Um, I think with the journaling um, part of the thing, it, I think it, it develops the same skill or the same art form. But I think journaling is a lot more free. You're a lot more free because it's something very personal that you will not share with the world. So. One part of it is just to get your thoughts out, you know, clear your mind. I think that's the main reason why I use it to clear my mind. So I've got a, I've got a journal, I've got a daily practice of waking up in the morning and then writing in the journal. So I've got my journal here with me and I've got the pen as a placeholder. And I just kind mm-hmm. of just sit down, I write the date and I write whatever, whatever's on my mind. Am I struggling with something? Am I... Um, is there something that's happening in the family, you know, something that's consuming our thoughts. And then I would, I would have the, I'd write it down, but I would read it as well. So part of the reading is just to kind of follow through with um, understanding where I was and where I am. So I, I actually bought this book with the two, um, you'll see there's two strings in there. So mm. I use the one is the black one is for weekly and the, the brown one is monthly. So what I would do is I would read every journal entry twice. I would read it every week and I would read it every month. So I would, um, so at the end of the week on a Friday morning, I would go back to Monday and I would read up until the, and up until Friday and then stop there. And at the end of the month, I would start in the beginning of the month and read. So it takes a little bit longer, but just for me to understand, like, are there recurring themes? Like, are there recurring um Things that I struggle with are are there things that are recurring in terms of my the way I feel or where my focus was for the month. Um, you know, are there, mm. is, is there something long? You know, in the longer term, that 
that needs attention that I need to talk about or something like that? Or is there, um, you know, working on myself, my personal development? So so the personal journal and the blog kind of play that nice role where I could like have this personal space and then have this public space where I would, um, you know, share with the world and then mm-hmm. share with myself and be more transparent with myself with, with where I am. So those two things together, I feel that's helped me uh, very nicely, I would say, in my career. <laughs> I, I feel like you touched on something like really important because I myself keep a journal. And if you go onto YouTube or Google or whatever the case may be and you search journaling, you mm-hmm. will get a huge amount of resources. There's a very big drive at the moment um, for the past, I would say, two years that's been on my radar about journaling. Every sort of top kind of dog in the personal development space is like, Journal, journal, journal. But one thing that I have yet to hear until you said it is the importance of going back and really reading your journal entries. And um, so that is something that I don't do. And it's something that I think I should do because it actually – you know, the times where I have kind of paged through an older journal, it's been very upbuilding to realize, man, I was struggling with that particular thing, but now I've made progress. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm talking like a year later, and that can almost prepare you for the next thing in your life, whether it's good or bad or whatever the case may be. You can almost like build up this kind of mental remembrance of like, you know what, things were really tough there. Yeah. But it turned out okay. Um, what what would you say is some of the biggest benefits that you've found personally for doing journaling specifically? Yeah, I think now that you mentioned the reading, uh, something else that came to mind was the idea of um, not repeating um, like certain mental processes. So sometimes you sit on a thought or think about an idea, like say, for example, should I buy this car? Um, or should I buy this coffee machine, for example? Um, and uh, it, it takes a lot of time for you because you don't want to. You want to do things deliberately. You don't want to just do things, um, you know, uh, uh, kind of haphazardly and just kind of do as you will. But kind of think through things and think through why why you're doing certain things. So um, let me think about one example, um, like like this, this deciding between. Um, how many hours you should sleep a night? Like maybe it's simple for other people, you know, but like for someone who wants to de- improve themselves and want to make some space in the morning for studying and for reading, like you have to think about that because some people would say, no, you don't need sleep. Um, you know, you can sleep when you die or some some mm. silly things like that. And then you realize that actually I, I can't sleep six hours a night. I need I need nine hours of sleep a night. So that means I need to go, if I want to wake up at five, I need to go to bed you know, at eight or at nine PM to to make to make it to five to to make it sustainable for me to wake up early and to do a certain thing. And that was one one example of something where I actually wrote down a rule um, and saying like, "This is how much I'll sleep." So if ever mm-hmm. that thought comes up again, like you know, you don't doubt yourself anymore when someone says, "Well, you sleep too much." Well, then you go back mm-hmm. in your journal and you say, "Well, I've written down these are the reasons why I need." nine hours of sleep a night. And so if any any guru or some kind of personal development guy says, no, well, you need to sleep six hours a night, then you can be like, you know, maybe you need sleep six hours of sleep, but 
I know I can't do it on six hours. And, and that's kind of one example of something where going back and reading your struggles with trying to get something right, trying to wake up at 5 a.m. every morning or, you know, whatever thing you're trying to uh, approach, you you kind of, um, I, I, I see the journal as like studying yourself. Like it's mm. a study of your own thoughts and of like understanding how you work. So, so everyone's got, everyone has the, a different, like if you see yourself as a kind of a tool, everyone, everyone has a different shape of a tool. So you need to learn how to use your your, your own abilities and skills to to you know, to reach the things that you desire. And so that's how I see my journal. I see when I go back, I read and I understand myself a little bit better and I understand like, you know, that's maybe your advice, but I can apply it to myself and this is what I found. And then I don't have to repeat that again. I don't next year, I don't have to, um, wonder about it again. I don't have to wonder um, about like why, but why didn't I? Why didn't we do that? Then I can go back and say, oh, this is why we did that, and um, and this is why I'm not doing that, you know. And so mm. it's kind of like a study of that kind of thing where you don't repeat things and don't repeat processes, and you can keep your mind open to new things. Yeah, but that's great because something that you touched on um, specifically is. You know, we live in the blessing and the cursed times where information is at our fingertips. Yep. And so if you want, you can build up a case or an argument, uh, keeping with the sleep, for example, that you only need two hours of sleep per night and then you are good to go. Anything more than that is absolute overkill kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and now that's obviously a wild example. But from what I'm starting to learn is that if you don't have a level of self-awareness and if you don't have a particular goal for yourself, you sort of open yourself up to everything and nothing all at the same time. And then yeah. you can kind of be tossed about, you know, by all of these different things that come our way. Um, so I thought that's, that's very interesting. Um, Something that it I'm picking up from you that you might either be a morning person or you might actually try and develop some sort of morning routine. A am I right in, in saying that? And can you tell me a little bit about your current morning routine? Yeah, so I'm not a morning, morning person. That's uh, I discovered that a while ago. Like I love sleeping in. So it's been a challenge for me to to grow into being a morning person and to enjoy it. I actually, when I do wake up earlier, it was, I found that like that, that morning, it feels precious because I, I feel like by the time 10 AM rolls around, like I've gotten so much, you know, I've done so, I've accomplished so much in the morning and that that's really a confidence booster for me. And um, so my morning routine starts at night. Um, and that's how I wrote it down. That's also part of like the rules that I've written down. Like it starts at night. Like if I want to be successful in the morning, I have to be, be disciplined at night. So um, I go to bed at 9, 9 p.m. for the latest. I try my best. I mean, there are days where I, I can't or where things happen. But 9 p.m. I try to be in bed. Um, I try to have my, my everything set up, my clothes set up in the room next door. Um, and um, like I set my alarm. And uh, I go to sleep. Then when the alarm goes off, I'm up. I get, I hit the shower. I get dressed for the day. Um, and I start my morning routine, which would be like my quiet time, you know, like uh, prayer and sort of Bible reading. And then immediately after that, I would do my journal, um, journaling. So I would uh, even 20 minutes or so 
just sit down, write down anything um, related to journaling. And then immediately after journaling, I would do my, my 30 minutes or so of blogging. Um, so writing, editing a blog post or coming up with a new blog post idea. Um, and then from the blog post after that would be about 6 a.m. And then from 6 a.m. I would I would study. Though know, sometimes I'm busy with a software engineering book, or I'm busy with the like currently I'm I'm reading um, the manager's path, um, and so that would take me about till seven. And then from seven, say seven seven thirty, then I would go uh, sort out the kids and so on. And then eight eight a.m. rolls around, I would be back at work. I um, had my coffee, you know, and get started. Um, so that's kind of my morning routine. I've written it out like that's. That's like a rule. That's how I do it. Like I don't deviate from it unless I woke up. Like this morning, I, I actually, I was tired. I woke up at five, but I could feel I was tired. And then I just did myself, I, I put the alarm off and I slept in. Because it, it, it happens, it happens rarely, but it does happen where I'm tired. And, and it's good, it's good to, to kind of listen, to, not listen to your body, but there are times when, you know, you really can't do something. And if I, if I had to wake up this morning at five, gone through the routine, I would have just gone through it for the sake of going through it. And they are, mm -hmm. they, and, 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 and I would rob myself of being there tomorrow and doing it right. So I, I took today and I slept in and I woke up when my body was ready, um, which was about 7 a.m. And then tomorrow morning, I'll. I think you lost me there. Did I lose? I'll, I think we lost each other for a brief second, but I think you are back now. I don't know where I stopped. <laughs> um, you were saying a little bit about how, you know, it would actually rob you t from, you know, getting your best work done yes. if you hit that alarm and just kind of went through your morning routine. So I thought that was actually really a good but because you can kind of make this law for you and mm -hmm. sometimes it's good to push through sometimes you know you need to like buck, batten down the hatches and just like go for it but sometimes you you need to listen to your body and just yeah. you know uh, run with it i mean we aren't robots at the end of the day but it is good to keep some sort of routine yeah. um I like the, the maybe just one thing i wanted to say about the context of that like if you know you've been doing it for the past four weeks like i know i've been consistently getting up at five for the past four weeks, then you're like, you know, one day it's not going to be, I can do it for the next four weeks again. Um, but mm. today I don't feel like, I don't feel right. I don't feel like anyway, getting into it. Mm. Um, Matt Diavella, uh, one of a popular YouTube who I follow, he's, he's big on the sort of self-improvement, self-development space, a really, really interesting guy makes great videos on YouTube. Um, he has this rule that it's called the two day rule. So his whole philosophy is life can happen, but don't let it happen two days in a row. So if you are on a eating plan or if you are, I'm going to get up every day at five and you skip a day for the sake of life happening, that's fine. Just pick it up the next day and don't let two consecutive days roll out like that because that's when you sort of open yourself up for a habit. But no, um, that is pretty smart. Um, Dwayne, I am busy listening to the Miracle Morning by, I think his name is Hal. 
Elrod, if I'm not mistaken. So I'm I'm really interested to see how this is going to develop my morning routine. Um, personally, I'm pretty inspired to start journaling again and reading through my journal entries each week and each month. So I think I'm going to get going on that. But um, I see that our time is getting a little bit short. I feel yeah. like I could, you know, I'm, I'm itching to sort of rack your brain. So I think we might have to have another podcast episode on, yeah, on this. Uh, um, but thank, thank you very much for joining me today. For those of uh, the listeners who want to maybe get in touch with you, get in touch with your blog post, you know, whatever the case may be, how can we find you? Drop some links for us so that we can get in touch with you if, if we need. Yeah, so so the, the, I've got two places that I check a lot. So one is my Twitter um, Twitter handle, um, which is at Dwayne M. Um, actually, let me see if I can drop it for you. Okay. And then my blog, which I, I shared, I'll just share the link to my homepage yeah and, and i am very like anyone can reach out to me via twitter dms or at me you know um i'm pretty i'm pretty open that way um so yeah if anyone wants to follow along my journey and i think like i've got this thing where if someone follows me on twitter i don't follow back but i follow what i follow people when they engage um so if i tweet something and people engage with it then i normally check them out you know i normally follow follow people so fantastic yeah, I, like, I like communicating so yeah okay great so so for those of you listening check out Dwayne on twitter it's twitter.com at Dwayne m and uh if you want to read more about Dwayne's thoughts and his journey check out Dwayne dot blog nice and simple nice and easy to remember Dwayne my friend thank you very much for joining me today it's been an absolute pleasure um, I hope you have a wonderful day and um, for those of you listening uh, thank you for joining us and check back next week when I have another awesome guest on the show thank you everybody awesome. and goodbye cheers everybody bye bye Trevor Hey everyone, thank you for listening to the Hauser podcast. I really hope that you enjoyed today's episode and I hope that you got as much as I did out of my chat with Dwayne today. Be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast so that you never miss an episode. Until next week, have a good one. Bye.